0: Oh, yeah. Oh, hi. Hello. Welcome back to Cans and Crown. Good evening. Good evening. I think we should probably, first of all, state we need to be honest with ourselves, really,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and honest with you, that we are not drinking tenants.
1: No. It's a school night. It's so a school night. I've got an iron brew and Catherine's got a Dr Pepper, but the next episode I do fully plan on getting tanked up. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: Before we crack on, um, thanks uh, Mum and Caleb's folks and everyone else who's listened. Mm-hmm. Um, we really enjoyed the last episode and we hope you are going to enjoy this one. Apparently
1: it's, uh, oh, okay, it's a, belt, a doozy.
0: Yeah, you're going to love it. Caleb, in particular, I, I basically just Google, like,
1: murders Caleb would like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And uh, this one came up. I assume it's a murder, is it? It is. We'll find out. It is a murder indeed. So okay. this is Cans and Crime. Cans and Crime. Cans So this story takes place in some of the most deprived areas in Scotland, the council estates in the east end of Glasgow. Ouch. Mm. That's where we are. This is where we're at. We're
1: not in a council estate though. Well.
0: These schemes were built in the 1950s with the best intentions, a place for families to escape disease, crime, and unemployment and start a new prosperous life. However, poverty, poor infrastructure, shoddily built and maintained housing, and a lack of government, local investment, and employment opportunities have all contributed towards its ill repute. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same story now, eh? That we know. That we know but there was one way to earn a decent living in the east end of Glasgow, ice cream vans. Oh my word, (laughs)
1: right.
0: This is quite topical in our flat. We Um, have an
1: ice cream van that goes past the house Three, four times a day. Like, every single day. Like, even, was it Christmas Day? Did it go? Yeah, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Like, right yeah. through winter, this ice cream van's going. And it's got, not the alarm, the song. Yeah. It's really raspy and, like, the speakers.
0: And it's a really run-down van. Oh, and man. it drives us insane.
1: Duh-duh-duh-duh-duh-duh. <laughs> and it's, like greats through your mind. And I'm
0: kind of hoping it goes past during this, but I feel like he's taking a day off because I've of no evidence. Okay. So. We digress. Yes. So back in the 80s, an ice cream round could make upwards of £200 of profit a week, which was quite quite a lot, I think, back in the 80s. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, due to the lack of amenities from the council estates. The van drivers would also make trips delivering groceries and other essential products to the residents. Mm -hmm. This case was a sensational story in the east end of Glasgow in the 80s, which shook the nation. The absurd nature of the case left the Strathclyde police coined with the nickname Serious Chime Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Which I enjoy. (laughs) The jingle of an ice cream van would get children excited as it rolled into the scheme. But for adults, those familiar chimes represented something far more sinister. Mm. Each ice cream owner started becoming extremely territorial about the patch they'd do their ice cream ice cream rounds on. As lucrative as selling ice creams were, some notorious gang members jumped onto the notion that selling illicit items, um, stolen goods, drugs and weapons from a front such as an ice cream van could make you double the profit. So this story kind of centers around andrew doyle so andrew doyle also known as fat boy was a local mm-hmm. 18 year old living in Rukese, which is one of the northeast council estates have you heard of Rukese? i hope no. i'm pronouncing How's it, it spelled? right r-u-c-h-a-z-i-e yeah, maybe. I, i'll just go with ruchese and um, so he started working for the marchetti brothers The Marchetti brothers owned a small franchise of ice cream vans in Glasgow. They had a good reputation and they'd be running for 20 years. So I think from what I saw online is that there was an influx on um, Italian immigrants that would set up these sort of ice cream vans in Scotland, kind of start from that. Um, And the Marchetti brothers were kind of the original sort of team in Glasgow. So Andrew Doyle worked for them Andrew had a normal route. He would take his van round every day. He was a familiar face to those in Ruchese, had his regular customers, and started to earn a decent living wage. So, good for wee Andrew.
1: Good lad.
0: At this time, just as young Andrew was making his way in the world, a turf war between the ice cream vans started breaking out. Uh Uh-oh. Gangs in Glasgow started muscling in on the ice cream action. What started out as petty vandalism to other ice cream sellers, Things start to get a whole lot more serious. Baseball bats, knives, guns, and axes were used to defend their territories. Rivals were not welcome. Competition was fierce. That's wild, isn't it? <laughs> Is, Easy. Eh? Glasgow gangsters constantly tried to persuade the eighteen-year-old Andrew to peddle drugs for them. So he was approached by numerous people, mm-hmm. but he refused to allow his truck to be used as a mobile drug distributor for organized crime. So he stood his ground and he was like, Nah, no thanks. I'm alright for okay. that life. A first attempt on Andrew's life was made when he was shot at through his windscreen. Unscathed, Andrew got his window fixed and carried on as normal the next day. Didn't even face him. That he did not give <laughs> zero fucks. He was like, I'm gonna go and do my ice cream round, Betty he needs her milk so Off he went. Can't
1: let those twisters be defrosting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Andrew lived with his parents, Lillian and James Doyle.
1: Lillian James?
0: Lillian James. Potter? (laughs) No, Doyle. That's not James! (laughs) In a three bedroom flat in the Rookese estate. The flat was on the top floor. Lillian and James had their son Andrew, so uh, we know Andrew, that Mm -hmm. boy. They also had James Jr., who's 23, Anthony, 14, and a daughter, Christine, 25. Christine had an 18 month year old son, Mark. The family were known in the area as hard working, honest people.
1: 18 month year old.
0: I know. Why does it say that?
1: What did you say? Oh, is that what it says? Yeah. I
0: just copied it from source. What else would it be?
1: 18 month old.
0: Oh, right, okay. On the night of April the 16th, and this is just six weeks after the first attack on Andrew, mm-hmm. where they shot at him. Yeah. sunscreen. The family were all in the flat for an evening to celebrate Mark's birthday, baby Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, the flat was unusually crowded that night. They had six member, all six members of the Doyle family with three additional guests, and they had been there over the weekend, and they were staying there that night. It was that night that a decision was made that Andrew needed another threat to get him to play ball. So in the early hours of the 16th of April, an unknown suspect made their way to the flat, went up to the top floor and dozed the front door and a storeroom next door to the flat in petrol and set it alight. With everybody in the house? <clears throat> yeah, this is in the early hours of the morning, so everyone is, is sleeping. A few seconds later, a wall of flame and black smoke engulfed the Doyles' home. The terrified screams of daughter Christine were heard first. As the air filled with black smoke, she rushed over to try and save baby Mark's life. But she died huddling over the dead baby. As this was happening, the family were dashing around the flat, frantically trying to escape. But they only had one door. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. And... Also think about what I said about how council estate flats were just built.
1: Was it like a high rise? Um, So it's not like they could jump out the window or anything?
0: Yeah, no. No window until landing or anything? No, no. Right, okay. And I think from the accounts of the eyewitnesses, it all happened really fast. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the house was built, like, really flammably. I mean,
1: there's... its flats in it they're not really built up story they
0: no the whole family and the three guests were were desperately trying to escape soon the fire service arrived they got some family members out including lillian doyle andrew doyle and brother james which is mad actually because there's some photographs of them coming out the house and uh, andrew's getting kind of Hel- he's walking and they're helping him down the stairs and mm-hmm. they're just completely black, like right. their their skin their body are just come yeah Holy. horrific, Um sadly Andrew died in the hospital with smoke inhalation, which is sad when you see the photos of him because he does look alert like, mm-hmm. but anyway, out of the nine people staying there that night only three people survived. A team of fifty policemen were seconded to the Ice Cream War's murders. Over the space of a week, they had interviewed 1,500 people and taken over 4,000 statements. So they were moving fast. Yeah. There was a lot of public pressure on this case. The funeral of the six members of the Doyle family was heavily attended by press. There was immense pressure from the public for the police to catch the killers. Across the road of the Doyle's family, was Barlini Prison. it's not
1: far from here, really.
0: It's not, no, not at all. Um, it was there that a prisoner, William Love, who was in prison under suspicion of armed robbery, asked to speak to the detectives about the Doyle case. He told them that he overheard a conversation at a bar, the Netherfield, where a Thomas Campbell, also known as TC, had been plotting with other people in the pub about needing to scare Andrew Doyle. He claimed he heard them talking about setting fire to the front door, and this was three weeks before the attack. Mm -hmm. This story was also backed up by a Joseph Granger. He was another known criminal in the area. He volunteered this information at the police station, and he had said that he also heard TC and others discussing the attack in the Netherfield pub. He said he was actually with TC that night, that TC asked him to be the lookout during the attack, whilst TC and a man named Joseph Steele went up to the flat and set it alight. So the police were desperately trying to find a lead. And then we have William Love in Barlinny prison Mm -hmm. saying that he overheard conversations before he was incarcerated in this pub from TC, and um, also, this Joseph Granger went and gave a statement in the police station, saying, Back, "I also backing up pretty much right? backing up what William Love has said." Right. Okay. <clears throat> so a little bit about TC. TC was one of Glasgow's most feared hard men, self claimed emperor of car time. <laughs> <laughs> As a teenager, he served a ten year stretch for assault and robbery. His gang was the Barlanark team, and they were key in waging wars on ice cream traders. Weird. He took over Car Time, Hag Hill, Uh Oh. but when he tried Rukhazy, it was driver Andrew Doyle that was stopping this gangster in his tracks.
1: Right, okay, that makes sense.
0: Joseph Steele, who allegedly was with TC the night of the fire, was T.C.'s right-hand man. He had grown up with T.C. back in the day and T.C.'s sister was Joseph's um, godmother.
1: So he's grassed him up?
0: Who? Uh, No, there's Joseph Granger. We'll just refer to him as Granger. Oh, okay. Granger has gone to grass him up, but Joseph Steele is uh, T.C.'s right-hand man. He, too, also had previous criminal convictions. The arrests, so... When police went to arrest TC, he was sleeping in his bed with his pregnant wife and two-year-old son. Police bashed at the doors, so he woke up, he let them in and they immediately arrested him ransacking his home. This arrest was crucial when talking about this in trial, as police stated that whilst Tommy was being arrested, he stated, it was only meant to be a frightener, I didn't mean for the whole flat to go up in flames. He said that. <clears throat> yeah. They also found another important piece of evidence, a map of Ruchese and an X mark <laughs> where the Doyle's family flat lies.
1: <laughs> Love that.
0: So then, Steel treasure w- map. <laughs> Steele was also then arrested, and it was a similar story to TC. He was also reported to be helpfully incriminating himself, verbally saying, I know the one who lit the match. That's what these Is that that
1: what he sounded like? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now we're at the trial. So they arrested TC and Joseph Mm Steele. The ice cream war trials took place in the autumn of 1984. Central to the case was the evidence of the self-confessed lookout, Joseph Granger. During the trial, Granger completely backtracked his statement. He told the court that he had never said anything that was in his statement, that he didn't hear conversations in the Netherfield pub, and that he was not present the night of the fire. Next up was William Love the Barlenny prisoner, who initially came forward to give up TC and Joseph Steele, he repeated his original statement word for word. Good lad. But however, when William Love was pushed for a date about the pub, he was a little bit flaky because he couldn't remember Mm -hmm. exactly when it was. So that was a bit of an issue because the jury had only William's word because Granger had backed out. yeah. And when the defense lawyer was pushing William to give more detail about what he heard in the pub, he c- he couldn't give them a date, which doesn't look good in court. No. But then also you think he's he's been arrested a couple of days after, and he's been like that might have all been a blur, and who knows how many yeah how much he spent like time in that pub. You could have been Stephen. <laughs> yeah. So the evidence they had was William Love's statement, this map that they found, Uh and the verbal incriminating displays from TC and Steele upon arrest. Uh So the jury um, took out two days for um, making a decision. When they came back, they found um, TC and Joseph Steele guilty, sentenced to life in prison. TC and Steele um, both suffered pretty badly in prison. They constantly pleaded innocence throughout.
1: Even though, like when they were arrested, they pretty much admitted it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like how can you come back from that?
0: Well, TC, TC spent months on end on hunger strikes in prison. He spent years in solitary confinement The longest he went without food was 97 days and he was solely running on black tea. What? And then he also went 10 days without fluid. Wild. Um, Is he trying to, like, kill himself? Well, in an interview he said he wasn't trying to kill himself. He was trying to bring... He was campaigning for his innocence.
1: Mm.
0: And he was trying to, like, prove a point. Um, but he was constantly force-fed fluids, right? Yeah. and and things which I don't think that's legal anymore.
1: I don't know. I would. I probably hope not.
0: Yeah. So, um, Joseph Steele, however, campaigned in a slightly different way to TC.
1: He ate loads.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, instead he constantly planned his escape. Steele escaped three times. From where? The prison. From. From Berlini prison.
1: Oh, really? Is that where they were both in bar? Uh-huh. Right, okay.
0: Each time he would, cl- he would chain himself to prominent landmarks to bring attention to his case. In one instance, he actually made it to London and chained himself to the Buckingham Palace gates. After each time he, he did these escapes mm-hmm. and he chained himself, he would then immediately ask to go back to prison. So he's just trying
1: to gain attention. He just
0: wanted attention on his case, constantly caught, and then you would say, all right, back to prison, and he'd go back. Mm. Interesting. You're
1: probably going to add time to your sentence, though.
0: Well, yeah. But he's in
1: for life anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So there's one key factor to consider, which is William Love's statement. Mm Mm-hmm. William Love was a known criminal, and he was in Barlini prison already facing time. And he was he was looking at a long time away for this uh, robbery, okay. armed robbery. Mm-hmm. After he gave his first statement to the police, he walked free. Charges were dropped.
1: Oh, like a deal. Yeah. Got himself a little.
0: Wait for it. Oh, okay. Another fact is the police accounts. So when the first arrest was made on TC and Steel, you've got to think that these are two seasoned criminals who had been in and out of prison since they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't really think they'd completely incriminate themselves on the arrest.
1: Well, no, I guess that does seem a bit daft.
0: Yeah, they know the score. They've been here before.
1: I think I know where you're going.
0: The statement on Steel, where... He was neither one who lit the match. Uh-huh. This statement was taken by the driver of the van, mid-route to the police station. So he actually stopped driving to write the statement down. Yeah, right. Why would he do that if there was three other police mm-hmm. in the van? Do you know? Was he,
1: like, the only one that heard it?
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's... It's a little bit suspicious. That's suspect. Um, I smell shit (laughs) and if there's anything that BBC dramas has taught me is that Mm -hmm. back in the 80s the police are full of bed (laughs) cappers
1: they are yeah definitely especially probably in Glasgow as well Mm -hmm. I think the cops were a shining light no. In the 70s and 80s here.
0: And you've also got to think about a map that's found.
1: With an X on it. With an X. See, now, like, when you first said it, all, oh, I was just like, oh, these guys are idiots. But it, yeah. it reeks.
0: So TC's um, attorney, he is an absolute lad. Like, yeah. he's made a really good career for himself from this case. Um, and he was. this was his first major, sort of client his breakthrough his breakthrough um and he managed to um get compensation for TC frequently when he was in prison TC was um he he had um a lot of stays in hospital due to the the eating yeah and, and police brutality so on one occasion he was hospitalized and um, police had Written a statement saying that he had tried to escape and, fu- and fell, however he wasn't, and he was roughed up. He was roughed up, and he was in hospital. So his right. defense attorney he got him compensation for that, but also whilst he was in hospital, um, TC cellotaped there was uh, lice in the hospital bed, oh. and he sellotaped lice to a piece of paper, and sent it in an envelope to his attorney. And he got um conversation for for that wow, I know My. see
1: back then Barlene mm. eh, as well would have been
0: mm. rough, yeah, yeah, for sure um so I'm just gonna go over the timeline about um t c and well and Steele's time in prison, okay, so in eighteen fifty five they eighteen fifty five those glasses again. <laughs> Put your glasses on. <laughs> no. In nineteen eighty five, uh, the first appeal was rejected. Okay. In nineteen ninety six, the case is referred to court of appeal, and TC and Steele are freed on on bail, so they get out. However. In
1: what year? Ninety six. Ninety
0: six. Yeah. In 98, new evidence was not admitted, so TC and Steele go back to prison, so they got kind of a two-year out on bail. Yep. Um, In 2000, Scottish Criminal Cases Review Commission takes up the case. In 2001, the case referred back to Court of Appeal, and in 2004... A third hearing at the Criminal Appeal Court in Edinburgh quashes convictions. So they're cleared. Yep. So they spent eighteen years oh. in prison.
1: How old were they when they went to prison?
0: Um. Oh, good question. T. C. was in his thirties, and Steele was in his twenties. That's all I know. In
1: what the mid eighties, like eighty four.
0: Yeah. It's, it is quite sad because Thomas Campbell TC he had tried to better his life he obviously was a, he'd obviously done some bad stuff back in his life yeah but he did have an ice cream van but he wasn't so he was legit he was a legit ice cream vendor yeah
1: a flake <laughs> punter yeah.
0: uh huh he was Aww. um and he had his wife in toddler and she was pregnant the day that he was arrested um, similar Joseph Steele. Um, he was associated with gangs, but and he was a convicted criminal, but he had very little to do with TC at the time. Mm-hmm. So th- it mm-hmm. kind of looked like they were trying to go on to a bit more of a.
1: So they were completely set up.
0: Completely set up. By the Paula, the polas. Aye. So what? Um, TC's. Um defence attorney said that the ice cream wars case was a monument to the barbaric failures of a justice system which incarcerated two innocent men for the murder of six members of the Doyle family. But Tommy Campbell represented the inherent ability of the human spirit to fight for freedom and overcome injustice. As a young lawyer at the start of my career, it was an honor to be asked by T.C. to take on his appeal. I still remember the day he walked into my office with a glint in his eye and a cheeky smile. He was a giant of a man who, despite being imprisoned, refused to give up fighting the judiciary and a corrupt. Police. Judiciary. I Jud- <laughs> was doing so well. All these words, <laughs> <laughs> fighting the judiciary and a corrupt police force. Mm-hmm.
1: Was that his lawyer?
0: That was his lawyer, and TC has passed away. Actually, he was sixty six, and he died of a heart attack in his home. Um, I there is some conspiracies, but I don't want to delve like too deep into it because there's no there's no facts. Mm. But when TC and Steel were released, um, there was multiple attempts on both their lives, by gangs. Odd. Aye. is it? Yeah. Um, There is some speculation that a man named Tam McGraw, uh-huh. who is one of the most... I know that name. Yeah, he's a very notorious uh, criminal in Glasgow. Um, His, his next nickname was The Licensee. So he... No one really knows why that was his nickname, but a lot of people speculate that he was paid a lot by police to... Come forward with names of criminals, right, to try and like you know bank cappers and all, yeah, um so a lot of people speculate that was him, and an attack that was made on t c in a park once um where he was left with multiple stab wounds um they they tried to convict Tam, but Tam fleed to Spain, and that's where Tam died actually, so. We will never know, basically. Um. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of debate about who it was, and it's. it's Yeah, like,
1: but what happened to? Like, did they not look into how it was all set up? Like, where did the map come from? Mm
0: -hmm, It was police.
1: Like. Mm -hmm. The, the statements. Mm -hmm. Someone would have had to have said, "This is what they said." Yeah. So, like, what happened to those officers?
0: So the two detectives that were in charge of this case. Have passed away, before by that time. By that time, before the, the eighteen years. Um. William Love, I think he wrote a book about all this. You know the the guy oh, yeah. Barlini. He wrote a book about it all, and I think. Yeah. Um, they tried to. To put him on trial for lying under oath and stuff, but he was manipulated by police.
1: So he was lying then?
0: They said, you say this and you can walk free today. Yeah. And he got out.
1: He's obviously going to say it.
0: Yeah. Granger too. So...
1: So that's why he changed his...
0: Granger was approached um, by police to his house. He was involved in some... In a lot of of criminal activity. And police arrived at his door and basically said... um, come and give this statement about that time you overheard TC speaking in the ne- Netherfield pub. And Granger's like, no, no, like, mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything. And he said, yes, you did. Or we're going to get you done for the Doyle family, basically. So,
1: yeah, just coerced into...
0: Yep. What a story.
1: Ben coppers.
0: Ben coppers. Um... So did anyone get in trouble? Did nah. those no. No one has ever been uh, charged with anything to do with the Doyle. Oh, well, that's family. good then. I know it's awful and think about like Lillian, the only her and her son are the only survivors of their family.
1: Yeah. So wait, which one had the ice cream van?
0: Andrew Doyle. Did he die? Yeah. He was alive walking, and there's pictures of him alive walking out of the... Oh, he was the
1: one that died in hospital? Yeah. Right. And so it was his brother and his mum that left? hmm So who died? His dad?
0: His dad, his sister. Sister. His baby. baby. And his other brother.
1: And his other brother? Yeah. That's only four.
0: And there was three...
1: And then he died, obviously.
0: Yeah, and then there was the three guests, but they've remained unnamed so one of those guests died as well one of them oh right yeah i know it's terrible
1: wild story eh? and to think they could have been walking down worst street (laughs) no selling ice cream i know do you think that that van is one of those old school like ice cream gangsters just still going he's just like I will not stop this game.
0: <laughs> I mean, I very rarely see people buying ice cream, so...
1: Well, but because he's monopolised the whole of the East End I of Glasgow, and he's like...
0: Just living it up. Kingpin.
1: <laughs> what was the name of the pub?
0: The Netherfield pub.
1: Netherfield, we should go.
0: Aye. Oh.
1: If it's still there.
0: Yeah, we should. Maybe we shouldn't. Mm. I know that I'm definitely not going to shout at the ice cream van to shut up again though. I've been close. <laughs> I have been close to go I'm going to have now. my wits about me now. Oh. Um, I forgot at the beginning to credit my sources. Sources? So, there was um one place in particular that I took most of the information on and it's a Channel 4 docu-series on YouTube called Trial and Error. And it is the most ninety thing you'll ever
1: see. I oh, so you watch it. It is, is
0: it? so funny, and there's witnessed accounts about the story. And there's a man who gets interviewed, and they like you know they like tag the name and their like profession. Mm-hmm. And he was a convicted van smasher. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> so that I took it from that Channel Four um, docu series. Owlcation.com Crimeandinvestigation.co.uk And theheraldscotland.com Aye, and that was uh, The Ice Cream Wars Nice Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was a good one It was a good one to read about I mean, absolutely devastating But I know Very interesting
1: I feel like that would be You can say that with most stories But I do feel like That would be a good film
0: It is There is a film What? There's a film and it is called. Ice Cream Wars. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, comfort and Joy. I mean, I don't know if it's on about the particular murder that happened. Because it says Alan Bird witnesses how an ice cream van is attacked and destroyed by an angry competitor. Because that was already going on. So
1: maybe it's just this. Yeah. It's not actually specific stories, it's just maybe about the time. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for listening again, folks hmm See you for our next episode.
1: Episode three, some cans.
0: Yeah. Although I did enjoy my Dr. Pepper.
1: It was good. Yeah. I needed a good cold drink I've been slaving over a lasagna for the last oh, I can't hour and, and a half. Oh aye. So that should be that should be the thing in soon.
0: Unreal. And welcome any suggestions of any murders.
1: Mm-hmm. Just give us a message.
0: And that's That's it. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.